Welcome to Paper Boys, the podcast where we unravel the research papers behind the latest major headlines in science. I am your host today, James, with my fellow co-host, Charlie. Welcome, Charlie. Thanks for welcoming me, James. I'm super pumped. You're welcome. Wow. You think that's where that phrase comes from? I get a feeling that it is. Okay. Get that feeling. Well, I'm super pumped to be uh, back in the saddle, as it were. Yeah. It's been a while since we've recorded. Yeah. As you may... Actually, as you probably haven't known... Four of the last episodes we recorded a month ago. I know. I feel like yeah, we're letting the a little cat out of the behind, bag. Yeah, behind the scenes taste here, but yeah, we've seamlessly released them once a week. But James and I have actually not seen each other for a couple of weeks now. Sorry. I was in Vienna being shown around by a gracious Paper Boys fan, Ferdy. Yeah, it looks like you guys had a great time. It was a, a very great visit. You, I, I paid him handsomely with two stickers. Two stickers. Uh-huh. Hear that, ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> stickers. Yeah. Man, yeah, you've been all over the world lately. Yeah, and you have also been all over the world. Yosemite. I was in Yosemite. Yeah. Got a little break before the start of the start of the quarter. Yeah. Even though I'm not taking classes, so yeah. everyone needs a break sometimes. Everyone needs a break. James, you have a a paper for us this week, don't you? I do. And it is. <laughs> what's it? Or what's? Give us no. a little tease, Charlie. If I had to ask you, what's darker than black? What would you tell me? Uh. I can't think of like a witty response here. Give me, give me like a day, maybe like a, a hot shower. I'll come up with it. Okay. And then we'll get back to this. All right. Well, join us next week <laughs> yeah. while t- yeah. Charlie debates. I'm going to wake up like at 4 a.m. and be like, oh, I thought of the funniest response. <laughs> Too bad we finished recording. Yeah. Wait, so why are you asking me that? Well, so that's the kind of topic of this paper. Is something darker than black? The darkest black. You can't actually get darker than black. That was a trick question. Okay. But, I mean, presumably, like, there is a measure of darkness of black. Yes. These, If something has been created, that's the darkest version of it. And this is 10 times darker than the darkest black that was recently created. You probably heard of Vanta Black in the news, like, the last couple of years. Uh, it sounds familiar. Vanta like Black. It's a paint. It's a paint. It's like a coating. So, it's a carbon nanotube coating. Whoa. And you can use Those it. words galore. Yeah, we'll get into that. But it's so dark. It's like, imagine if you crumpled up a thing of tin foil. Like, if you spray paint that, you'd be like, it's still a piece of foil. I can see all the folds and it's still like, whatever. Yeah. You paint this piece of tin foil black with Vanta black and it just disappears. It's like a black hole. Really? You don't see any of the creases. Any of the creases. Wow. There's a cool demo where they paint half of like a, a theater mask with Vanta black and the other half is just like normal white and like textured and. Yeah, and it's just like it disappears. It's so cool. Wow, that's so cool. All right, I'm excited. Did you bring in any samples to show the class? No, I probably couldn't afford them. Oh. And the class is you, so I'm not going (laughs) to... So you just don't care about showing me things? No, but I do have a picture. (laughs) Wow, you just like really said no. You really (laughs) don't care. Okay, a picture is good enough. I mean, I'm assuming my screen is not going to properly render this blackness, but... I think it'll do it justice. So, and it, it ties into why this is in the media right now. Mm. So, Vanta Black has gained popularity. We'll talk about that more in a sec. But there was recently a, an art exhibit at the New York Stock Exchange from this artist who I, I think is an um, artist in resident at MIT. And so, it's sort of like science combined with art thereafter. Hmm. And he painted this $2 million diamond. You know, this thing's like sparkly and like blindingly bright yeah he covered it with these new carbon nanotubes 
and the results are stunning. We'll post the picture of this. Okay. Here. So, well, what's your thought? Well, I'm just thinking, like, this is an art exhibit displayed at the New York Stock Exchange. Is it meant to be, like, taking shots at the New York Stock Exchange? Or is it meant to be uh, something like, ah, oh, yes, like, rich people obsessed with money will love this diamond? Who knows what like, the purpose is? I haven't, I haven't seen anything. the line between, like, satire and not, you know, and, like, criticism and... We'll take a look at this picture. The diamond disappears, and so maybe it's like... So that's what I'm wondering. Like, is that the message? <laughs> or is it like I'm combining two incredibly beautiful, valuable things for an audience of people obsessed with money? We could start a whole other podcast just trying to interpret okay, it. discussing the art. Whoa! Okay, I'm looking at this picture, and the diamond literally vanishes. There's a diamond in front of a black background. It's on a pedestal. Yeah. And they turn it. I think it's like the other side is painted, or I don't know if it's like pre or post applying the nanotubes yeah like even the black stand that it's on now stands out in the version where the diamond is painted because it's not as black as the diamond yeah that's crazy and that stand is pretty black okay i get it i'll have to go to the super accessible art museum known as the new york stock exchange if i want to see this in person yeah just uh go literally to the other edge of the country <laughs> yeah and check it out all right well, I'm excited to uh, learn some more about this. I clearly don't know anything. So uh, I'm going to be asking lots of questions. If anyone here is tuning in for the first time and you've somehow made it through our inane ramblings of the last five minutes, James and I are PhD students, and we started this podcast as a way of sharing our love for science with everyone and also using our paper reading skills for good to tackle misinformation in science media. It's our way of keeping evil off the streets. Yes, it's what little we can do. We are the Paper Boys. Before we dive into this episode, I want to thank all of you, our faithful listeners, for joining us again. For another edition of Paper Boys. If you haven't somehow already joined us on social media, I think the only way that they haven't is if they continually skip over this section every week, which means they are truly longtime listeners. That's, yeah. Because we're very predictable with this plug. <laughs> it's the same plug every week. Yeah. But do like us, share, <laughs> subscribe. Please. If you enjoy the podcast, tell a friend. It actually means a lot to us, and it's a great way for the podcast to get more traction. And most importantly, it's a way for us to get more feedback and create episodes that are actually of interest to you. Charlie and I love making this podcast. We'd make it for ourselves. We started just making it for ourselves <laughs> for fun. We did. Yeah, we want to share science with as many people as we can. That includes paper recommendations. If there's anything coming up in the media that you're not quite sure of, if you're a little skeptical. Mm -hmm. If you want us to ruin any other meals for you. Just ma mail us a magnifying glass and yeah, we'll we've, start sleuthing. We've gotten some uh, negative feedback about our intermittent fasting episode. It's true. From one listener in particular, known as my dad. <laughs> Admittedly, we covered a very small facet of the benefits of it. And uh, yeah, I think we were upfront about that. Yeah. But we were also definitely a little biased. I think you and I were a little bit dazzled by the intermittent fasting science, but it's true. It's true. Well, another great opportunity to recommend another article or paper if it comes up. We can dive in to intermittent fasting part two. That's right. Yeah. And please check out our Patreon if you have a chance, patreon.com slash paperboyspod. We have a bonus episode dropping October 1st. 
You get those on the first of every month. And this one is actually, we're, we're like super pumped about this. It's, yeah, it's this weird. hilarious. It's cool. I don't even want to spoil it, but uh, just think mouse utopia, mouse dystopia. How about that? Yeah, it's, I don't even know how to describe it, honestly. I like want to describe some weird David Bowie labyrinth world. Yeah. With puppets. That's, but, I mean, honestly, like even the pictures from this paper kind of even look that way. Yeah, it's like the kind of thing you dream of as a child. Yes. I would say for better or worse, but mostly for worse. Mostly for worse. Yeah. So check that out. Patreon.com slash paperboyspod. That bonus episode is dropping on Monday, and it only costs you pie dollars to get the bonus episodes every month. Literally like, cheaper than a piece of pie. It is, yeah, and even sweeter. Even sweeter. <laughs> so, James, diving into this deep black abyss that is carbon nanotube, Vanta black, whatever it is you you tried to explain to me in the intro here. You mentioned there's this paper. They came out with the blackest black. It's 10 times blacker than Vanta black. Yeah. What is, like, the research group? Why Like, why are they doing this? All right, why before I do care? that, I think I need to set the tone with a classic excerpt from this is spinal tap okay i'm wondering where this one's going so it's just gonna be like this it's gonna be that simple beautiful classic does look like you know black leather you can see yourself in both sides i would feel so bad it's like a black mirror well i think it looks like death it looks like morning every 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 movie in every cinema is about death death sells I think he's right. There's something about this that, that, that's so black. It's like, how much more black could this be? And the answer is none. None's more black. <laughs> <laughs> so I think the research question was just posed. How yeah. much more black could this be? And the answer actually is not none more black. Really? It's more black. Okay. Can we get blacker than their record that's on that thing? Oh, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. The research was making headlines with a couple uh, different media outlets. Mm-hmm. In Smithsonian, the headline was, There's a new blackest black in town. Mm. Artist Demet Streeb probably totally butchered his name. I'm sorry. It's okay. Dan Carlin philosophy on this show. There's, <laughs> there's no wrong way to incorrectly pronounce something. Absolutely. So artist Demet Streeb covered a $2 million diamond with a substance that absorbs 99.995% of any un- incoming light. Whew. Okay, that's to put, a lot of light. Let me put this into perspective for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Vanta Black absorbs 99.96%. Oh, pathetic. Of, yeah. Absolutely pathetic. So this is, you know, orders of magnitude more light absorbed. I mean, what's crazy is that, yeah, those sound like there's no difference between them. But when you do it in terms of like a, you know, like a ratio or like a, percent difference i don't know whatever the word is yeah that's huge that's huge that's huge i mean if you can only go up to a hundred percent you're talking about you don't have much to go there's not much to go so any step you take is big yeah i think reporting it as like 99.995 and like 99.96 sort of skews the result you know because if you talk of it it like, does it only reflects this much light then you actually see that order of magnitude difference yeah a little it w- better it would be like let's say there's scientists who are trying to achieve the coldest cold that you can achieve you know, an absolute zero is the coldest you can ever achieve. Mm-hmm. And let's say the previous group, their coldest cold was 0.2 Kelvin. And then a new group came along and they did 0.1 Kelvin. I mean, that's only a 0.1 degree difference. Yeah. But it's literally like 50% colder. Yeah. You know. It's crazy. So, I mean, yeah. it takes a lot of effort. Yeah. Those little additional percentages. Right. 
Another headline from Science Daily was engineers develop blackest black material to date. Made from carbon nanotubes, the new coating is 10 times darker than other very black materials. <laughs> other unnamed, unspecified. Okay. So people are really picking up on this, mainly because of this art exhibit. Yes. Okay. I got to just say the Vice News headline. Okay. This is the blackest black ever created. That's it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Compared to the other ones that are like a little more detailed, I just thought that was funny. Okay. But Thanks, Vice. Thank you, Vice. You know, so I noticed these headlines, but the reason I really wanted to bring this in also, I was camping the other weekend and someone brought up this weird artist feud. So we talked about Vanta Black. Vanta yeah. Black came out in like 2016. I think primarily for like military applications. Huh. You know, like, why is it important to make something really black? Well, like camouflage or optics. Yeah. Anything that absorbs light like that, it can help your optics, whether it's for imaging on Earth or especially for like spacecraft. Yeah. And anything you don't want to like just reflect, like you could receive a laser beam that you don't want to have it be bouncing around or something. Yeah. There's actually a Stealth trick. Bomber. There's actually like a trick that you can use in lab to achieve like a really black black. Really? Yeah, if you take a bunch of razor blades and you stack them together and you like squeeze them, if you look edge on on those razor blades, it's extremely dark. Really? Because the light that goes in, it like bounces, it just gets trapped. It doesn't reflect out. So I mean, imagine it like from the side, you know, it's like very narrow grooves for the light to go in and then it can't get back out. Oh, interesting, because yeah. they're so thin and long. Right. So think about that when we talk about why carbon nanotubes are so can create this such a black black really okay yeah wow all right so th there's this artist feud with fanta black because mm -hmm. this artist anish kapoor uh he's a british artist bought exclusive rights to vanta black so he's the only person in the world who is allowed to use it okay that, uh, so artists I mean, that are seems kind of unfair but then also i'm like well there are other businesses that have like copyrighted colors yeah but artists aren't allowed to use it so that's what's weird is like he can sue someone if they use it. Yeah. They I just, mean, and they can't but just. But what is it? They can't, like, is it just like a specific like paint that has it? Or is it like the actual, you know, if you were to take the RGB value or like the hex value describing this color? No, I mean, it's like actually like Vanta black, like the material, I think. I see. Okay. Um, because I think that this is the, actual, the only reason I ever had heard of Vanta black was I feel like I'd loosely heard of this feud. But can you describe like more about it? Well, are people I assume are pissed at him. Yeah, artists are pissed because they're yeah. like, you can't do that. Like creatively, you're blocking like all the artists and it's like totally against the spirit of the community. Right. Uh, and he also didn't create it. Like he's not the creator of it. Yeah, he didn't like invent Vantablack. No, he just wants to monopolize it. And so it's not the first case that this has happened. There's this other artist, Yves Klein in 1960, who invented a color, got a patent on it, named it International Klein Blue, and like didn't let other people use it. But it's like it's a shade of blue. Who cares? Yeah, blues. I mean, you can just come up with a slightly different shade of blue. Yeah, black is very absolute. And like Anish Kapoor did this exhibit where he dug an eight-foot hole and painted it in Vanna black, and you have no sense of the depth. Dude, that sounds actually scary. Did people go inside the hole, or you just look down the hole? Someone fell eight feet. What? <laughs> Check this out. It's insane. Dude, this sounds really scary. Whoa. Like, it looks like you just painted a black hole Dude, in the floor. Dude, it looks like a black hole. It but doesn't even look real. No, it doesn't even look real. That's why this is, like, it's slightly more than just a color. 
Yeah. Wow. But at that point, like, it's not fair because, I mean, I hate to say this, but like anyone could make that black hole. So the fact that he has exclusive rights to it means that he's the only one who gets to come up with that idea. Yeah. That's kind of BS. Yeah. That's why people are pissed. Okay. One artist in particular, this guy, Stuart Semple, he's kind of started this funny feud and he's created the pinkest pink ever and patented it. And his only stipulation with the patent, like you can buy it online for four bucks a jar, unless you're Anish Kapoor. (laughs) Anish Kapoor is not allowed to use this. You sign an agreement when you order this to say like, I will not give it to Anish Kapoor. Oh my God. And like, I am not Anish Kapoor. That's like genius. And there was just a pretty funny, uh, he somehow, Anish Kapoor somehow got his hands on this. And so he dipped his middle finger in it and took a picture of it on Instagram. (laughs) just is like a big oh my gosh that's Um, great you know what i support this feud it's funny this is great yeah and so then finally bringing back okay (laughs) to where we were supposed to go with this journal article Mm -hmm. by uh kihang kui and brian l wardle from mit okay the title of the article is breakdown of native oxide enables multifunctional free form carbon nanotube metal hierarchical architectures whoa okay that doesn't sound anything like black is black diamond coating. No, <laughs> you're, you are correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, you're probably gonna have to unpack this one quite a bit. So when, wait, when was this paper published and where? This was published uh, September 2019. So just a week or two ago. Oh. In the American Chemical Society's Journal of Applied Materials and Interfaces. Okay. Wait, so there's art exhibit existed before this paper came out did they kind of like come out in tandem yeah roughly in tandem okay gotcha yeah it's good marketing on these scientists part yeah it's not a bad move yeah but it's pretty funny because they weren't really like they weren't aiming for art with it necessarily yeah this feature of being so dark and so black was sort of a unexpected side effect of this process really i mean i think anytime you work with carbon nanotubes they're often really dark and black so like people aren't surprised but they sort of got to this point and they'd been collaborating, I think, with an artist. And then they don't do optical characterizations. They had to reach out and they're like, oh, we may as well measure it. Okay. So uh, so what, well, I was going to say, what are they setting out to do in the first place? But I really want to ask what actually are carbon nanotubes? Okay. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm assuming they're built trying to make carbon nanotubes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So carbon nanotubes are literally tubes made of carbon. Okay. And I don't mean that in like a smart ass way. Like like carbon, the just like the atom carbon. Yeah. Okay. What's interesting about them, though, they're tubes with these diameters that are on the order of like nanometers. So a billionth of a meter in scale. But they have oh. these really long lengths. So sometimes the length of these tubes is 100 million times longer than the diameter. So that would be... Wow. If you scale this to an inch in diameter, that would be it, like a tube that's 1500 miles tall whoa the longest one that's ever been created so you're saying this is a billionth like a billionth of a meter in diameter yeah and then the length is 100 million so this thing is like i mean this has basically a diameter of an atom but it has a length that is long enough that is like macroscopically visible yes that's insane and they have these really crazy properties these carbon nanotubes which makes them attractive for a lot of different applications. So they're pretty easily modified and characterized, and you Mm. can get like really high electrical conductivity, exceptional tensile strength, 
Mm-hmm. Like if you made a cable of carbon nanotubes, it'd be so much stronger than steel. Yeah, I feel like I that's what I hear so much. I mean, I feel like carbon nanotubes at this point is like a buzzword. Yeah. yeah. I like, mean, oh, it's the material of the future. But but why why isn't it? Cuz we've been hearing that right, for so long. Right, exactly. So one of the things that, with carbon nanotubes is that they're hard to actually manufacture. They're hard to apply. I don't think they're that hard to manufacture, but they're hard to manufacture in a meaningful way to where mm-hmm. they actually like stick to a material and are usable. I see. I mean, I can imagine it's hard to work with something that is an atom across. Like, yeah. You can't just like create a bunch of carbon nanotubes and then like stick it through your sewing needle and make a rope. Actually, I watched a video when I was researching this. And so you, you end up growing this forest of these carbon nanotubes. Huh. And something like the, I think it's like the Vanderval's interaction between them. This lady in a lab, so she works on growing and characterizing them. She had a sample of them and you apply this little piece of tape that you can pull. So you start pulling them yeah. and they all just stick together and it just created this long thread. Whoa. And they're automatically sticking together and you can start winding it and it's super strong and like so thin you couldn't even see it on the camera. And the guy was like pulling as hard as he could, what? the reporter, and he couldn't break it. That's crazy. It sounds like magic. Yeah. I mean, it's it's gets pretty weird. That is insane. So this is going to revolutionize the theater flying industry. Oh, I know. People people <laughs> pretending to fly on stage. They didn't even bring that up in the paper, Charlie. You are wow. onto something with that. I mean, that's like a trillion dollar industry right there. Yeah. Star think Star Wars, but better special yeah. effects. They're gonna have to redo all these movies. They will. With carbon nanotubes. Yeah. Think of how much time will be saved editing out cables. Oh, you just made someone's day. <laughs> I did. Like uh, ten people in the world. <laughs> no, yeah. So Okay, so these researchers are making carbon nanotubes for what specific purpose? Well, so they're actually looking at ways to manufacture carbon nanotubes in slightly like easier conditions and in such a way that the carbon nanotubes adhere better to the material. So what they're doing is they're taking aluminum. Like they literally used Reynolds aluminum foil. Really? Yeah. That's cool. And they figured out a way to essentially grow these carbon nanotubes hmm. you you basically take the foil i can get into more detail on this but you take the foil you soak it and then you have to get rid of this oxide layer whenever metal is exposed to air yeah you get an oxide and that oxide's bad the oxides would like make the beginnings of rust basically oh uh, it also protects the metal like so if you just leave aluminum foil out you get it like a protective oxide hmm. okay the metal reacts with oxygen in the air gotcha and that's bad for like electrical properties because it creates this dielectric. Mm, I see. They use like really fancy terms to talk about it, but basically it doesn't conduct electricity and it doesn't conduct like light. So light bounces off, which oh, is reflection. That's why it's kind of shiny. Yeah. Wow. And so. I'm learning so much. So you take this piece of metal and then you basically put it into an oven chamber that's really hot and has uh, like gases with high levels of carbon in it. You cook it for like 30 minutes or to a couple hours, and then these carbon nanotubes start to grow. And the types of gas, you know, are really important. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of science God, in that. God forbid we go into that science on this science podcast, but... I'll get into it. I'll get into it. <laughs> but the long story short is usually these are like really high temps, so like 700 to 800 degrees Celsius. Okay. And the melting point of aluminum is 660 degrees oh, Celsius. okay. So you can't do it on something like aluminum. No, normally not. But these guys found a way to do it. And you can do it at like temperatures of 500 degrees Celsius and you can do it much faster, like in 30 minutes. So wow. it's okay. sort of this catalyst. 
for growing carbon nanotubes onto aluminum, which is great for building things with. It's one of the most abundant elements on Earth. Yeah. So what is their actual technique for doing that then? Like, how did they improve this process? So what they do is they start off, they talk about washing the metal. They start off by using, like, literally an aqueous solution of sodium chloride, like table salt. Salt. I know that one. Yep. And the chlorine starts eating away at the metal. So, I mean, the same way, like, ocean water corrodes things. Oh, yeah. Okay. So they have a cool picture of it. And so you start off with metal with a very thin oxide. The chlorine starts eating it away and creating these notches. Oh, yeah. And then after that, they pull it out. They wash it off with uh, deionized water and ethanol. And then they uh, submerge it in a catalyst, um, an iron cobalt catalyst, Hmm. which essentially is depositing these little nanostructures on there. And these help to then build the carbon nanotubes on top of it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I see in this image, it's like the metal's getting degraded down to these, like this very like pocked surface. Like it's got a lot of ruts and like, yeah, it used to be flat and shiny. And now it's like all kind of a little rough and pocked. Yeah. It's like if you've ever seen volcanic rock or like pumice stone. Mm, yeah. It looks like that. They're like these little wormholes almost like yeah. a worm's been crawling. But through. is that like microscopic though? Or is it actually like macroscopically that? Um, it's microscopic. So if you look at the the dimensions on this, that's oh, like yeah. one micrometer. Micrometer. But what's cool is the way that you can perceive that is the metal gets darker. So as oh, you get more of these holes, so if you, if you put it in the solution for longer, you get more of these holes because it like, gets eaten away more. Mm-hmm. And these holes, which um, they refer to as metastable pits. I like calling them wormholes. Okay. <laughs> that was my nickname back on the track team metastable pits yeah pits that just never sweat yeah they were metastable (laughs) i I won't explain what it means you had to be there had to be there yeah track days (laughs) um no but but so i mean i can imagine like those it's very porous so instead of just like reflecting a bunch of light a lot of that light is going to go into the structure and get absorbed it gets trapped yeah yeah so that's why it would look darker yeah okay so okay they've gone through that that's not carbon nanotubes that's just the aluminum that's just the aluminum getting darker and that's one of the reasons why they think that they've been able to achieve a level of darkness that's darker than vanta black they have this dark substrate on which the carbon nanotubes grow they got it with a little double whammy yep very double smart whammy. very smart so you've they've applied the catalyst then what they do is called low temperature carbon nanotube synthesis it uses what's called an oxygen dehydrogenation reaction or odr and they basically heat the substrate to between four to 600 degrees Celsius, keep it for about 10 minutes at some flow of air with... Um, and uh, what, what cookbook is this from? Uh, this is uh, Julia Child's oh, okay. famous uh, Carbon Nanotubes. I see. Uh, bon I'll have to pick that one up. Yeah. Bake for 10 minutes, <laughs> pull out your carbon nanotubes, and bon appetit. <laughs> So they basically spray it with acetylene, which is C2H2. And then there's some CO2 involved and some argon and baking and sampling and cooling. And let sit for 30 minutes (laughs) and soon you'll have... And then you set it out on a windowsill and... Watch the neighbor boys. They might steal it. floats up, you know, very cartoonishly with the air going into their nostrils and they try and take it. Yeah. It's as American as carbon nanotubes and apple pie. Yeah. And there you go. Like, these just literally, like, start to grow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like a Chia Pet. It's like a Chia Pet, except way cooler. 
Chia, uh, I can't say that. Uh, yeah, come on. You're going to disparage the good name of Chia Pets? Cool in a different way. Okay. Cool in a different way. So these carbon nanotubes grow using their cool new technique. And boom, you got carbon nanotubes. And there they are. And now you can do all sorts of futuristic things with them, like build space elevators and... Paint holes on the ground. <laughs> paint holes on the ground. Um, but like they did a couple tests. So you can see here's a 90 degree piece of aluminum. And you can see that the nanotubes adhere to that very well, oh, which is wow, hard. Yeah. I mean, the whole aluminum is just like totally coated. Yeah. So it's, you know, you get these ele- nice like electrical resistance properties. But what's hard in the normal ways of generating carbon nanotubes is sometimes you'll get gaps between the substrate material. It's so like the aluminum and the nanotubes themselves. I see. And so you have an air gap, and that diminishes your resistance. It'll increase your resistance. So why does that not happen in this case, especially if the aluminum is all porous? Uh, Because they use that iron cobalt catalyst. And so they get really good bonding between the nanotubes and the aluminum. I see. So the carbon nanotubes, so the iron cobalt is bound very well to the aluminum surface. Yes. And then the carbon nanotubes bind very well to the iron cobalt. Yes, it so it's like a little piece of glue that like really helps it along. Yeah. Okay. I think it's sort of like the way you seed clouds, like clouds form on a little piece of dust. Oh, yeah. And I think that's kind of like what's happening here. There's a little self-citation for you. Uh-huh. Everyone go check out our old episode, How Does Clouds, or Does Cloud Seeding Really Work? Self-citations. Yeah. They're great. Uh-huh. And then check out our episode on self-citations. Are <laughs> self-citations a problem for science? Also paper boys. Also paper boys. <laughs> So, you know, that was the first part of the paper, the first like three pages explaining how they make them. Okay. Um, And then they do some comparison tests. They do the same piece of aluminum, but they don't put it through the sodium chloride and the iron cobalt catalyst. Oh, they just grow grow the forest straight onto the aluminum. Yeah. And the forest grows like very poorly, which is to be expected. Yeah. Using the exact same like temperature and all that stuff. Yep. Okay. So same methods. So the... Some of the techniques that they use to actually measure it, they do scanning electron microscopy, like SEM, TEM, transmission electron microscopy as well. They do Raymond spectrometry. Okay. These are all, I mean, you know, we're all very familiar with the various types of electron microscopy, but. Well, I mean, this is cool for <laughs> me because I never use this. I know. I'm, yeah. I'm like, these are all just going in one ear and out the other, but. Raymond spectrometry. I th- hopefully I'm pronouncing it right, but Raymond spectroscopy is you shine light of one frequency, so very pure, mm-hmm. and normally you get what's called uh, Rayleigh or Rayleigh sc- scattering, mm-hmm. where the light's reflected at exactly the same frequency. Raymond spectroscopy is a result of sometimes this light is absorbed and then reflected at a different frequency, so you get a frequency shift, and that can tell you a lot about the composition and like molecular bonds and what's happening at a very small scale. Huh. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Man, so, people are so smart for like figuring these things out. It's gross. Yeah. How smart they are. <laughs> it is gross. It just makes you want to barf. Yeah. All right. So they do these techniques. They look at it on all kinds of levels and they find like, what are they specifically looking to find? Some of the things they're interested to find are how well does the iron cobalt bond? This is also a way of looking at the quality of the carbon nanotubes that you get. Okay. Um, and they have some really cool pictures. So, like, this is a an example. There's a picture here that of an example of, like, a not-so-great quality carbon nanotube. Mm. And get this. It's called fishbone scaling on the sides. Yeah. You know, that's a bad-looking nanotube, I got to say. 
but then you get these really clear mm. ones here. Beautiful. Beautiful. Never Kinda have looks I seen like, such a nice carbon nanotube. I know. Makes you just want to write home, write home to your family. Yeah. Sit around, reminisce about it for a well, while. I, I met the carbon nanotube I'm going to marry. <laughs> and I shouldn't say that while my wife is listening. Carbon nanotubes. Watch out. <laughs> it's going to be the title of my biography someday. Carbon nanotubes. My life in ruin. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not i'm sure it'll sell many copies one of the things i really like about this paper honestly is like even if you know nothing about the measurements you look at the plots and it's like oh something's performing a lot better than other things here yeah these are very clear plots yep so this is a measure curve is higher than the other one and therefore is better this is a measure of impedance so the cnt slash ref aluminum that's a reference piece you can see you get this huge spike in impedance at this frequency not so for the red one the cnt with the yeah so impedance is one of those things where i as an engineer don't understand at all i just know that you don't want it or you sometimes you want it but it's but sometimes you don't i'm assuming that it's bad because the red curve is lower than the black curve and the red's the ideal one and the red is the good one yes okay nailed it this is an example of those gaps that you get so okay. they highlighted those. Yeah. No gaps in the good one. Yeah, the good one's all gap-free. Gap-free. And really, the rest of the paper is just doing that. This, The last test that I think is interesting to talk about is the reflectance test. I was going to ask, like, where does this blackest black come into play now? So they actually collaborated with someone from NASA to get technical insight on how to do this. Really? The authors specifically mentioned that they, they're like not an optical measurement group. Okay. And NASA is interested in this, like we talked about, for both like outward-looking telescopes, especially for trying to measure exoplanets. You need to reduce the amount of light, and just the light bouncing around in the instrument itself can be really detrimental. Yeah. So you can paint the inside. You imagine of a telescope gets really dark inside, so the only light coming in is what you're trying to point oh, at. Oh man, that makes so much sense. But then that would be awesome. This is really cool. You think of space as being dark and black. But if you look at pictures of the space station and astronauts on spacewalks, it's super bright when they're on the sun side. Yeah. And like everything's painted white to reflect the light, but it makes it really hard for them to see. Yeah. And so they're thinking like in some of these scenarios, maybe they could leverage these really dark blacks to make it a more supportable environment if you're trying to do like maintenance and stuff. Yeah. Dude, maybe like football players could put this under their eyes. Yeah. Because that's why they wear it. It's because the so the lights don't reflect into there. Oh, man. I mean, I think that's the reason. Other than it just looking super cool. Super cool. Yeah. One problem, though, they still have no idea, like, how toxic or horrible for you carbon <laughs> nanotubes are. You get, like, one atom of this in your eyeball and suddenly it has to be amputated. Yeah. And they're like, it's stronger than steel. We can't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so they collaborated with NASA. Yes. So they measured the reflectance and compared it. And you can see the carbon nanotubes generated from this method have a much lower reflectance than everything, including Vanta Black. Wow. That's a log scale. That's a log scale. Meaning ten, that curve, which is looks slightly lower, is actually way below the Vanta Black. Ten times. Wow. So it's ten times less reflective. Yes. So Vanta Black, you'd look at that and you'd, you'd have to like squint. It's so bright. It's what's so bright compared to it. You're like, ah, turn down that Vanta Black, man. <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, want, I want some of this There's Vanta no way Black you could too. perceive it. Vanta yeah. Black too. Yeah. This time, it's new serious. Vanta Black. 
So there you go. Cool. So they basically just popped this into the end because they were like, all right, we know, we know you people are going to like this part. Is this only like for visible light or does it also absorb other wavelengths? That's an excellent question, Charlie. Thanks. <laughs> Someone told me I should ask it. <laughs> so they actually measured this um, from ultraviolet down to near infrared. So it's pretty broadband, they would say. Broadband. So it covers a large spectrum of the electromagnetic oh, I um, see. light Does spectrum. Does it not work at any particular frequency? Uh, so this is going down to like the high terahertz. And so I think above that, like the structures on it are not this usually like you need structures that are proportional to the wavelength you're trying to capture. Oh, yeah. Because so visible light has a wavelength that's like a couple hundred nanometers, right? Yeah. So and the little fine structures of these carbon nanotubes are about that size. Yeah. So this goes from like 100 microns, 100 micrometers. So 100 millionths of a meter. Yeah. To 100 billionths of a meter, basically. Okay. A couple hundred. All right. So pretty much any light that's like useful for a telescope. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There you go. So uh, you're welcome, NASA. Also for these human telescopes we've got in our head. Human. Oh, I our boss. eyes. I was I like, boss. you have a telescope in your head? <laughs> <laughs> Not yet, Charlie. Sign me up. Not yet. And, uh, you know, that's the paper. So that's the paper. I mean, that sounds like it's just all about carbon nanotubes. And what is the... I think we touched on this at, near the beginning, but like, what is the actual mechanism that is causing them to absorb light like this? So you talked about the razor blades, yeah. right? And we were saying you get these long tubes and you get a forest of them. Like they literally in the paper talk about the forest of carbon nanotubes. So the tubes are kind of like sticking up out towards the light. They're not like laid flat like a, like a rug or something. They're sort of like a random big spaghetti forest. And so they, they have like all different... Or sort like of random orientation or like they're poking out in every direction yeah okay. and intertwined and all that so basically from like any angle you look you have carbon nanotubes sticking out in every angle so whatever angle light hits it kind of gets trapped and bounces around and it was interesting reading this because like they still don't really understand why they're so dark i mean on a high level they say like light gets trapped and it just turns into heat Right. But like why in particular this forest of carbon nanotubes is darker than another one? Yeah. Wait, is Vantablack also made of carbon nanotubes? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Huh. So it's this forest and it's sort of like the razor blades. It just gets trapped. Wow. That's really interesting. I, it's kind of cool. I, I'm very interested now that you just said that they don't know why this one is better. They just observed like, yeah, this one is better. I mean, then they think it might be because it has that already dark aluminum base to it yeah that seems too easy though like someone else would have thought of that you know i mean uh, you but know they, but they it's didn't obviously so trivial that any one of us could have come up with it <laughs> well so i mean it's slightly different though than vanta black i guess yeah because like vanta black is like a paint yeah so you can paint things with it i mean i guess you can paint things with this one too yeah. but i take that back they painted a diamond a two million dollar diamond with it yeah that seems kind of like a crazy thing to paint i mean who cares what's underneath it Maybe that's the statement. Oh, it's like beauty's on the inside. Well, it's like, it's like, look, you can't see this at all. You th you think this diamond is so valuable and needs to be seen, and I'm gonna never let anyone see it again. Boom. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Imagine just painting the most valuable things that you have, Vanta black. Yeah, you drop it, it falls down the drain. Oh God. 
Oops. I mean, it's just, it's cool too. I was watching an interview with someone who got to interview people who made Vanta Black. And so she was there. Like, interviewception. Yeah. (laughs) But she was saying, like, her mind just couldn't comprehend how black it was. I, this is one of those things I really want to see in person. Yeah. It's kind of like, you know, aerogel. Yeah. Like, you always see a picture of aerogel or whatever. And it's one of those things I was always like, I just really want to, like, see this in real life have you seen it at smith's at the smithsonian yes and then i saw it at the smithsonian and i was oh. like wow i can't really comprehend this no it actually it like blows your mind it's when you see crazy. it crazy yeah. that's a great example and that's another one of those things that like 15 years ago was like very buzzwordy uh, yeah and now is like actually kind of useful in some applications yeah i want a room someday just coated completely in aerogel Dude. And then another room coded completely in Vanta Black. Oh my gosh. This is alarming. I know. Or maybe Vanta Black behind the aerogel. Oh. Which one would you see? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. We should just make a pact right now to throw a huge party for all the Paperboys fans five years from now. Yes. When, when uh, we've successfully raised the $11 billion required to build a room out of these materials. Yes. Keep an eye, keep your eye out, folks. Yeah. And hope for a lot check, of inflation. Check your mailboxes. Yeah. <laughs> So, and, pl- and please donate to our cause. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Patreon. No, so these news articles, it sounded like, were mostly just kind of all about this art exhibit then. Do you think that they glossed over the science here? Like, do you think the science was kind of more worthy of the story? They do. I mean, they do talk about the science a little bit and sort of the, this uh, fortuitous finding of how black the material is, since right. they're not like optical scientists, like I mentioned. I just thought it was interesting because it's like, this article is about a new method for growing carbon nanotubes and the reflectance is like part of it. Like there's one figure that shows it um, cause that's an important property of carbon nanotubes, but, but they weren't, there's nowhere in the title that they say like the darkest material yeah. ever. And even at the end of the paper, I thought this one paragraph, like the first line in the conclusion was just interesting cause it drills this home again. They say in this work, a surface activation process is demonstrated for the removal of native oxide on metallic substrate, which significantly improves the catalytic activity for direct synthesis of high-yield and high-quality carbon nanotubes on aluminum and aluminum alloy substrates. Like, they said it. This work is about a surface activation process. Yeah. I kind of feel like you didn't need to read that whole thing, but... Yeah, but it was kind of fun. I'm just teasing. I zoned out for a good 20 seconds there. I was only talking for 10 yeah that's that's what i'm trying to say okay so yeah i mean basically like they didn't set out to design the darkest thing no they just did it by accident those bastards it's fortunate for them yeah it worked out well that was a crazy ride crazy ride we started in the new york stock exchange we ended at nasa explored a forest of carbon nanotubes 1500 miles high we pitched our 11 billion dollar deprivation tank (laughs) All uh, the places we go. Yeah. Well, thank you for bringing that in, James. I'm actually slightly mad because I saw that headline like last week and I was totally going to do it. Bad Jimmy snakes you again. Bad Jimmy just snaked right into there. Like a slithering little carbon nanotube. Generous co-host that you are. You didn't put up a fight. No, I'm glad that you covered it. Saved me a lot of work. There you go. Yeah. There you go. We will post the paper on our website, paperboyspodcast.com. Go check that out. We had a, a makeover in the last couple months if you haven't been there in a while it's beautiful you should go check go see what we did with the place beautiful new website 
our probably best bonus episode yet is coming out this upcoming October 1st. We say that for every bonus episode, but it's actually true. I mean, every that's because they better. each get better. Yeah. And yeah. the last the last three were nerdy. You know, those are all science. This one is crazy. This one is actually like like the first paragraph of this guy's paper. He's talking about like the wrath of God from the book of Genesis. It's wild. It's wild. Yeah. Check it out. It's worth subscribing to on Patreon just for this episode. It is. And then you'll also, I mean, you get all the old bonus episodes just for the one thing. So even if you want to, you know, just do one month, download the old episodes and then cancel your subscription. I'm even fine with that. Just do it. Yeah. Patreon.com slash paperboyspod. Pi dollars gets you the bonus episodes. Thanks so much for listening. Please join us again next week for another exciting edition of Paper Boys. Thanks for listening.